0: Welcome to the Dark Academicals, the podcast where we delve into the mythos of dark academia one book at a time. I'm Sophie Waters.
1: And I'm Sarah Purnell, and this episode is very special because we aren't actually looking at a book.
0: We are delving into one of mine and Sarah's favourite shows, and I think favourites for a lot of you guys as well... It's Gilmore Girls. Yay! We've referenced it so many times throughout (laughs) the podcast. We had to just like commit. We had to just go for it. And there's actually so many connections. (laughs) Yeah. There is so much there that works with and against Dark Academia in a really interesting way. So we're basically just going to do our normal thing of going through the tropes of Dark Academia and looking at where Gilmore Girls falls. And we will obviously have a few other um, discussions and like points afterwards that we just wanna chat about. Yeah. (laughs) Because we love Gilmore Girls. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get started, just some admin to get out of the way. If you are not signed up to our book club, um, the Dark Academicals Book Club, Um, which is hosted on Substack and it's thedarkacademicalsbookclub.substack.com. We have just announced a really, really exciting programme of new events that will begin in January for our subscribers and we're really excited about these exclusive episodes that our subscribers are going to receive and we really hope that you will consider coming to join us for those episodes.
1: So some of those will include uh explorations on reading gothic literature as a genre Um we are going to be talking about some authors more in depth including the brontes which i'm very excited about
0: that's going to be a good fun episode
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we have some more like obscure uh topics as well so it's all available on our Substack. um so even if you're a free subscriber you will be able to access the
0: uh, curriculum and see what is going to be happening come January. It's all very exciting and we're working really really hard on this so we appreciate any and all support for the curriculum. And also just another quick note before we start, we have actually just started uploading episodes to YouTube. No, not everyone kind of Use your Spotify or Apple Podcasts or CastBox or any of those. So we're kind of branching out onto a new platform. And if you, you know, prefer to just have it going on the TV while you're doing something else so you can use your phone, um, we are slowly releasing an episode a week onto the onto YouTube until we catch up um, to where we are. So that we are just the Dark Academicals over there. If you want to come and subscribe over there and... Relisten to the to the og episodes of the dark academicals <laughs> as we release them every tuesday
1: um and then finally i guess it's just to say that we will be talking about all aspects all and every aspect of gilmore girls there will be spoilers so if for whatever reason you haven't watched it yet or you haven't watched all of it and you think you might spoiler alert you have been warned <laughs>
0: Definitely, because we've got opinions (laughs) and thoughts, (laughs) big thoughts. (laughs) So let's get stuck in. So our first trope of dark academia is always a higher education setting, often on campus and usually elite or exclusive in some way. And Gilmore Girls couldn't tick this harder. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's not all the time not unlike in a dark academia setting or dark academia novel where we would expect the majority of the action to take place on campus but there is especially i was going to say especially in the early seasons but it's pretty much throughout rory's focus is on getting into one of those ivy league colleges and then she gets there and then obviously the focus is on whether she wants to be there or not but Pretty much for the entire season, se- season? series is about <laughs> kind of obtaining that um, elite education.
0: Yeah, and even from, the, you know, the very first episode is her getting into Chiltern, isn't it? Yeah. And that's like the first stepping stone to get to Yale or Harvard at the time.
1: Yeah. It's gung-ho Harvard,
0: isn't it? For quite a <laughs> it is time. gung-ho Harvard, yeah, because <laughs> it's not until she goes to... Goes to visit Yale with Richard and Emily. Is it that she goes? Yeah. Oh man, actually, <laughs> this might be the one. <laughs> and a lot of the a lot of the later seasons, we do spend at Yale, yeah. or she's kind of like passing through Yale, isn't she?
1: Yes. When does she? Is it season four? She goes to Yale. Yes, yeah, I think four. it's season four. Yeah. Yeah. So seasons four and five a lot of it is set at Yale
0: yeah definitely and even even like those schools themselves you know we look at uh them being elite and exclusive and there's all that when we first go to Chilton and uh the headmaster gives these like stupid pretentious speeches about how you know only the lucky ones and only the hard-working ones and will go to Chiltern and not everyone will make it. Like it's some like really intense cutthroat life or death trial in not, not <laughs> school. <laughs> and I mean, it's just the right vibe, isn't it? Yeah, I was going yeah,
1: to say, if you've met Paris...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point, actually.
1: <laughs> um, shout out to Paris because... Paris is hands down, like, probably my favourite character in Game More Girls.
0: Yeah, I think she has the strongest, like, character development arc across the series. Yeah. You really see her, you kind of, you get to know her slowly. And I love the way that you start to understand why Paris is the way she is. And also kind of get to poke at her soft bits a little bit, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you see, like how much of the Paris attitude is a front. Yeah. And it's it's just how she's learned to survive.
1: <laughs> I mean, she's utterly ridiculous, but also Oh, absolutely. Fantastic.
0: She is a wonderful character. I'm really glad <laughs> I never had to deal with her myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I love watching her. And I, I yeah. really like Rory and... um paris's friendship i think it has a really nice contrast with her with rory's friendship with lane yeah it's a very different dynamic and i think that's a very important like balance for rory i think
1: yeah yeah sorry sidetrack onto paris but um uh, always time to talk about paris <laughs> it's fine <laughs>
0: but yeah definitely a higher education setting absolutely and same with secret societies. We've got a secret society at Chiltern, and we've got a secret society at Yale. I mean, the Puffs. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Puffs. <laughs> it's one of my favourite episodes. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>,
1: yeah, um, <laughs> it just makes me chuckle every time. I don't know why. It's like it's just a silly name. Isn't it is it? a
0: really stupid name. Yeah, <laughs> it's so. basically rory is kind of told by the headmaster that she has to participate that you know being academic isn't enough that she has to be a part of chiltern life and she can't read at lunch so she just randomly picks a table full of girls and plonks herself down (laughs) and then paris blows up at her like they're the puffs like what are you doing (laughs) she's like I just sat down at a table because I was told to. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets drawn into this uh, weird, oh, what's the what's the word? Hazing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's hazing. Yeah. yeah, this weird hazing that she kind of pulls Paris along for. And Paris is all in, obviously. <laughs> yeah, because of course she is. Obviously, she wants to be there. Like, And Rory's just like, I don't care, I just want to go read my book, thank you. which is incredibly relatable (laughs) yeah so the puffs is one of those societies that is secret but it's really not a secret at all because everyone kind of knows what it is and who they are they just don't really know any information about what goes on inside the society but neither do we (laughs) no and it's more like the,
1: the mystery is more like more in like how do you get in and what happens when you're in there rather than them, it's not like a a Freemasons kind of gig. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's
0: not. I don't know. I don't know if I'm explaining that right. But there's lots of emphasis on how you get chosen. Yeah. Um, to be a puff, and for Rory, it just seems to be absolute chance. Whereas Paris, on the you know, if you were to write a list of someone who should be picked for a part of a secret society, it should be Paris, shouldn't it? Yeah. She's got the power, she's got the wealth, she's got the class, she's got the social status, like with her family. Um, and yet she gets completely bypassed. So it's it's that kind of added element of like, what is this?
1: I think with Paris, again, let's circle back to Paris. But <laughs> um, I just, I think often it's just because without
0: any other way to say it it's just that she's not cool no she's not and she's also not very nice with that as well well yeah (laughs) that's like a double dose isn't it (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and then what i find really interesting is we spend like is it maybe an episode maybe two episodes where the whole thing is about the puffs, you know and about um rory kind of getting caught up in this hazing them getting caught and her just absolutely exploding in the headmaster's office which i love (laughs) just like she is so completely at the end of her tether with the headmaster (laughs) she's like no i've had it and she just becomes full lorelei doesn't she yeah and um he finally goes okay no fine you were right go back to reading your book (laughs) because trying to join in just got you into trouble um And then we never hear about it again. (laughs) (laughs) It just disappears.
1: Yeah. Well, it's secret.
0: (laughs) Yeah, apparently. (laughs) But the same happens with the Life and Death Brigade at Yale. It's there for two episodes, never mentioned again. It's secret. (laughs) But now but she's like technically a part of it now because she got given the gorilla mask and Yeah. She did the jump, but it's it's just not there.
1: No, but also I don't think she really other than the friends of Logan that we see like regularly. She's not really a part of that part of Logan's life, if that makes sense. She's not she doesn't go out with that lot of people that are at the life and death brigade. It's just Logan plus a couple of others. Do you
0: yeah, get I get me? what you mean. Yeah. Mm. Is it's not her, it's not a world that she's reaching for. To be a yeah. part of is it? It's something that she stumbles upon because of her connection with Logan, and that, and like Logan gives her access to, which I think is really interesting, because during that episode where, um, Rory goes to the the meeting of the Life and Death Brigade um, and does the jump, Luke and Lorelai are going to the Gilmore Girls for dinner. To the Gilmore Girls mm. are going to the Gilmore's. <laughs> For dinner, because Emily's like, well, if you've got a new boyfriend, we need to meet him. Mm -hmm. In the context of him being Lorelai's Lorelai's boyfriend. And she is vile to him. So many class jabs, so much derision, so much looking down on him. And then also Luke then gets pulled into playing golf with Richard, where he experiences... The same there, but from a different angle from that yeah. class. Whereas Rory falls right in to the Life and Death Brigade because of the people that she knows.
1: Hmm. Even though... Thinking, go on, sorry. I was just going to say, I was thinking about this with Rory because um, I think when I was just like reading up on our notes and stuff on it, and I think it's more like... When you think of dark academia, like in these elite exclusive Mm -hmm. uh, institutions or social settings or whatever you want to call them, it's acceptable for someone, especially a woman, like Mm -hmm. for a young woman to be very kind of intelligent and very focused on studies and to be into the classics and that kind of thing, like in that circle. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a space where I suppose she feels like she is finally understood, even if yeah, I know what you mean. She's not necessarily, and she, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas yeah. like, stars hollow, even though everybody loves her, obviously, I think she probably
0: feels a little bit out of place. Out of place. It's not her world, is it? No, I think that's true. And I think there's also there the connection with her upbringing as well, because I guess she. If Lorelai hadn't left when Rory was a baby, that's the world that Rory would have been brought up in. She would have been brought up in Logan's world. Yeah. Because obviously the Gilmores know the Huntsburgers, you know? Yeah. Um she would have been a part of that society from the beginning. It's not something that she would have had to dug deep on herself. So it's there's all there's already that that tether for her there, like because of her grandparents this world is a familiar world
1: i think as well though on having the upbringing that she did have gives her a obviously a better appreciation for both sides Mm -hmm. um but i think also it gives her an advantage in one sense that To, I suppose, to the people that she's around, it makes her, and this is going to sound awful, but it makes her interesting because she's different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because she has that different perspective. She's not just another, like, trust fund baby Yeah. who kind of expects it all to be handed to them. Mm-hmm. She's not another Logan. <laughs> no, but she nearly was. But she nearly was, and also that's how she fits in so
0: easily. Yeah. So she's a Gilmore you know, with the uh, kind of gravitas that Richard and Emily bring to that. Yeah. But also, she's Lorelai's Rory. Yeah. Who who was brought up at the inn with a single mum, a young mum, in in an unconventional in you know, quotation marks, upbringing. She does, yeah, she just kind of slips between both worlds. And I think that contrasts to how the puffs are portrayed because it's the same. It's the same type of people. It's just on a, in a different way, and she does not fit in with them, and she she can't make herself fit in with them. Yeah. Which I think was a really interesting contrast. Yeah. And also one one final point about the life and death brigade. I rewatched this episode this week, uh, ahead of <laughs> recording, and I had never noticed before how colonial. That's it up is <laughs> Yeah. Like the the outfits, the the tents, the the kind of it felt like people settling. Like settlers, like colonial settlers, like yeah. exploring the new world or like it just yeah, I it gave me I, uh an ick. It I gave me a big ick.
1: it's very much that thing we talk about often about traditional um traditional idea ideas and like um class like class systems being very rigid and like the only only way to kind of um i don't know perpetuate that but reinforce that is almost by play acting from a time when that was all very acceptable
0: Yeah, yeah play
1: acting from a time and kind of glorifying this kind of colonial mm-hmm. um farce, I suppose, that they're kind of indulging in. Because it is utterly ridiculous. It's it very is. much like they were I tell you what it reminds me of is uh the whole thing is is very reminiscent of the guy in Jumanji, like <laughs> the big guy. You yeah. know?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Or yeah, or like the wild
0: thornberries, Like there's something very. Oh my very... god, I love the wild thornberries, But yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the outfits, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it also kind of made me think of Indiana Jones as well. Yeah. You know when when they go to like the archeolo- archaeological sites. Yeah. It was that kind of vibe. Very much that. <laughs> yeah. Because I apparently have lots to say on. Um, Secret societies. Two they're not technically secret societies, but they feel like secret societies in a way, is the relationship between Maury and Lorelei.
1: Oh, absolutely. They they
0: essentially have their own language. They have shortcuts. They have obviously they have in jokes and secrets. But they're they're an impenetrable bubble impenetrable bubble. Yeah. And that's something that's really threatening to some people.
1: It is, and to it. It's almost like you have to be invited into that secret society to even have a chance of being in their lives long term, really. Yeah. And even then, you're not in. No. You're just, you're just, you (laughs) just get to watch.
0: You're allowed to witness it, yeah. (laughs) I think you really see that when um, Rory starts dating Dean and Dean starts going over to their house for like movie nights and he's just absolutely baffled by them. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's probably a comment on Dean and we'll come on to him later. But yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really interesting way to show like how tight-knit their little world is. And, and yeah. that kind of microcosm also exists in the microcosm of Star's Hollow. Yes. Because Star- Star's Hollow is also one of those places that if you're not a part of it, you're not going to understand it.
1: No, like they're... Like the- Uh, town meetings
0: yeah they're weird little festivals like the art festival (laughs) i love that one
1: (laughs) yeah and just how is there enough children to keep going to the dance classes and like (laughs) absolutely (laughs) wild (laughs) yeah i mean it's the kind of
0: dream community in one sense isn't it but also i reckon if you were the wrong type of person or if you did something that someone deemed wrong or unacceptable or questionable it could ruin your life <laughs> if yeah. you did that well oh you yeah you'd it have to move. flow yeah <laughs> definitely
1: <laughs> um so are you ready to move on to old gothic architecture i am i am because it definitely has it in spades
0: oh yeah i mean chilton hello Yale, hello. But also Emily and Richard's house. Yeah. Which we don't really see much of from the outside, but everything from the inside is that it could be... Well, it's like an old manor house, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, put a different uh, colour filter over it and it would very yeah. easily be quite creepy. Oh, absolutely. Like the, the giant doll's house
0: in Lorelei's room. <laughs> yeah. terrifying (laughs) definitely you could imagine if it was kind of a a bit uh cobwebby a bit rotting a bit falling apart like that is perfect
1: yeah like a Havisham kind of moment yeah absolutely just just tons of expensive stuff it all just (laughs) very expensive lots of wood lots of expensive looking furnishings Mm -hmm. carpets
0: but also it's yeah it It looks formal and uncomfortable. It's not a home. No, it's not like Rory and Lorelei's house. No, it's it's a show house, you know? It's a performance. Mm. Because that's what Emily and Richard's life is, isn't it? A performance. Yeah. In the same way, I think, to some degree, schools like Chilton and Yale are. Yeah. And they all kind of are connected by this... Although maybe they're not technically, like, in, in architectural terms, gothic, they have all of the right things about them. And I think, as, especially Chilton, there's, there's a real sense of danger for Rory when she goes to Chilton. Yeah. She's throw, it's like she's been thrown into a river full of piranhas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, she she doesn't know how to swim in that river. Before I get completely carried away on that metaphor, I'm going to leave that there. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think there is a real strong theme of the gothic architecture throughout um, yeah. on, Girls.
1: So next we have a preoccupation with classical studies, Latin, Greek, literature and philosophy. Emphasis on the literature.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is, that is the preoccupation, isn't it, for Rory? Yeah um i mean like it's it's a common thing for bookworms like to have come across the rory gilmore reading challenge it's been around for a while hasn't it yeah so it's it's basically a list of every single book we see rory reading in gilmore girls and it totals 339 books And then after A Year in the Life, which was the four-part revival, it goes to 408. (laughs) That is a lot of books. It's a lot of books. And it's so consistent, isn't it? Like, It's not kind of like, oh yeah, Rory's a reader, and then you see it for half a season and then she never touches a book again. It's a consistent, integral part of who we're told Rory is. Yeah,
1: definitely. Because I think... By the time she goes to college I think before then but definitely by the time she goes to college she's pretty set on becoming a journalist, isn't she?
0: Yeah, yeah definitely she, oh what's her name there's a specific journalist isn't there that she she aspires to be I can't remember her name I can't remember her name I can't remember her name
1: but yeah, literature kind of through that kind of it's also her way of further achieving that goal i guess other, th- other of course other than just really enjoying reading yeah and learning
0: it it kind of t- ticks both boxes for her doesn't it yeah and it helps kind of carry on that thread of a- academia and the yeah. kind of reinforcing the academic rigor of Chilton and Yale you know yeah it it I kind mean, of Im- immediately tells you that she's in the right place
1: yeah definitely and it's not like she reads very. Um, they're they're quite complicated texts. They're not usually. Yeah. She she won't you won't find her with a Mills and Boone. No. I mean, there'd be nothing wrong with that. No. If if she just wanted to read Mills and Boone every every series, you still couldn't not call her a reader. But it's always very cerebral mm-hmm. books. They're quite. The books themselves have a prestige and a yeah kind of elite uh
0: reputation absolutely and i think that's a really interesting contrast to the way that rory and lorelei communicate and kind of constantly reference film and music and pop culture which is often seen as like lower isn't it like a lesser art but that still has the same effect as in you know secret history or you know when we're focusing on that elevated literature in the way that it makes people on the outside of those were those worlds and that knowledge alienated if you don't understand the language of those references
1: yeah i mean sometimes like rory and laurel exchanges just whoosh, straight over my head it's because they I talk know. so
0: fast
1: <laughs> i still don't know who paul Anker is
0: Oh, I've got no clue. I think a lot of it is American, isn't it? Like that's yeah. I think we're bound to lose some context there. Yeah. Um and I mean <laughs> when they were recording this I was still firmly a kid. So for current <laughs> stuff like at the time of recording because it was the early 2000s, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, I think there's b- stuff bound to go <laughs> to go over the over the head. Yeah. But there's also sometimes I, I will hear things or references or questions now and I'll be like, I only know that because of Gilmore Girls.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: I'm, I'm sure Lorelai like waxed lyrical about that for five minutes at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes you part of the club, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. It, it pulls you in. It pulls you into to this world of Lorelai and Rory.
1: I think as well, like... Even though I think I think Lorelei does she does read, but obviously not on the same kind of extent as Rory, but yeah. there's that she's very firmly that juxtaposition, isn't she? Because Lorelei is very much pop culture, film, T V mm-hmm. celebrity kind of references. Um yeah. that's not to say they don't understand, they obviously understand each other's references generally, oh, but yeah. I think it's that distinction between again the social status i guess because lorelei very much the been outcast from the from the the exclusivity of that Mm -hmm. uh, education yeah um you know making the decision to be a single mother on her own without any help um so she missed out on being able to Explore that side of herself, but you—you'd never lose—you—you you, you don't lose sight of how intelligent she still is. No, that's never
0: like, in question, is it? No, never. She's extremely clever and capable and quick.
1: Yeah, and I think as well by definitely by the later season, she's she is studying, isn't she? She's doing a business. Oh, she's doing that from the beginning. Is she? I thought that yeah. was like later
0: on, but yeah, she's doing a business. Yeah. degree yeah this is something yeah yeah because when she graduates is when rory runs off to new york to see jess after jess mm. has left yes yeah that episode oh <laughs> makes me so sad oh rory making poor choices as much as i love jess that was a poor choice <laughs> <laughs> any decision or choice
1: involving jess is poor but here we are.
0: More on that later. Yeah. <laughs> so next up we have old money which will collide with new money or no money and this is one of the oh my biggest gosh. the biggest clashes and topics in the whole of Gilmore Girls. Money. Money. So as we've said uh, probably quite a few times by now uh, Lorelai comes from wealth. She comes from high society and she chooses to leave it all behind. But she only But she still has the access, she still has the privilege and the uh use of that, even though she's left it behind. Because so the second that Lorelei needs money to pay for Rory's exclusive very expensive education, she goes and asks her parents. And they, it's not money that they need. And in fact, to them, it's it's not a hardship. It's a use, it's a, an opportunity for bribery. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, it's a loan, but they don't want it to be a loan because they just want their daughter back in their life. And,
1: and they their use it. And their
0: granddaughter, yeah. And they yeah. use it for that. So it's, it's a very complicated topic throughout. Yeah. I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, throughout the se- series, we see this kind of uh, journey of their relationship and how, I think, I suppose, by the end, it has sort of repaired. It's definitely in a very different space than it was in season one. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, But it's just... It always just makes me kind of sad that they kind of have to... They feel like they have to do that to be able to maintain that relationship. They have to kind of bribe Lorelei to kind of come to family dinner every mm. is it every Friday or every other yeah, Friday. Yeah, every Friday, um, yeah. Rather than just making amends, it's like, rather than just saying sorry, Yeah. which needs to come from both sides, but mostly from Emily and
0: Richard, but... Yeah. Because they're completely immovable, aren't they? They yeah. can't understand that maybe what they have and what they try to enforce on Lorelei wasn't right, wasn't what she wanted, wasn't what she needed. And yeah. instead they're like, But look at everything we gave you. Yeah. But it it it's not a gift, it's not a it's not a positive thing if if that's not right for that person, if that's not what that person wants and needs. No, and essentially
1: they were, they were trapping her. Yeah, weren't exactly. weren't they going to make her marry Christopher?
0: Yeah, they were, yeah. And that's not something that Christopher or um, Lorelai wanted. No. I think that's a really interesting point, bringing up um, Christopher. Because Lorelai's relationship with Christopher, I think even, you know, so far down the line, she conflates it. With falling into the life that her parents wanted for her, yeah, if she were to be with Christopher, because obviously a couple of times throughout the early seasons that becomes a possibility again,, mm. and every time she even though she's she could feels that she could so easily fall into that, there's something holding her back every time,
1: mm. I mean, partly because Christopher's an idiot,
0: but oh uh, yeah, apart from that. <laughs> That doesn't help. <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> but it's that it's that thing of it's almost like, you know, when you're reading. I'm probably going to way off on a tangent now, but you know when you're reading like, uh, almost like classics, I guess. Where yeah, it makes me think of here we go. <laughs> um, can't remember her name right now, but the cousin of. And Elizabeth Bennet, who marries... She's oh, 27 Lu- years
0: old. Charlotte Lucas.
1: And she's a burden to her parents. <laughs> she's yeah. got no prospects. Her <laughs> only way through it is to marry well. And that is just generally the case for women and had been. Uh-huh. If you could marry well in, in society, I mean, even better if you could marry up, then yeah. all more for you. And I think it's it's kind of recognising that... Even though she would be very comfortable financially if Mm -hmm. she fell back into that lifestyle.
0: She wouldn't be happy.
1: It would sacrifice a lot for her emotionally and psychologically. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially in a world like today where that doesn't have to be an option. But the problem is it's the... um, she still has the emotional ties, obviously, to her family. Like, she <laughs> still quite clearly craves a relationship with her parents oh, yeah. that's not tied up with money and
0: expectation. It's but heartbreaking to see her being disappointed and let down every time she kind of lets herself go, okay, maybe this is it, you know? Yeah. There's there's that moment... Um, uh, where Emily sets her up on a date uh, with, like, the, the son of one of their friends or something. Oh, yeah. I think it's in season one or season two. And um, she just she just can't take it, and she goes to uh, climb out the window, and Richard catches her. And he's yeah. like... And then she says, oh, you know, just let me go. And he just goes, she's not in here, Emily! And he walks yeah. away, and she just goes, thank you, Daddy. I
1: know.
0: And it's like, oh, there's, there's so much... Like it's such a simple thing that they could have done to kind of reach a an even footing, I guess,
1: yeah, I think it's also that sense of like well, it's worked for us, so why won't it why why is it not the best for you,
0: yeah, I think that comes up when uh, Rory has a cotillion as well, yeah, um. Because Rory agrees to do it. She agrees to come out into society for Emily and Richard because she loves them. And because she knows that they were really upset that they never got to do it with Lorelei. So she takes that on herself, doesn't she? She's like, yeah. well, I don't really care either way, so I'm happy to do it if it makes them happy.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Again, it. Rory gets to tread... She gets to have one foot... Like, was it like one foot kind of in each? Yeah, one foot in each world. Yeah. So it, <clears throat> there's less less risk for her, whereas for Lorelai, jumping mm-hmm. in with both feet meant that she was committing herself to that life. Whereas yeah. if it goes tits up, as we have seen, if it goes tits up with Lorelai, she's got her grandparents to fall back
0: on. Uh-huh.
1: When it goes tits up over there, she can always run back to Lorelai. Exactly.
0: She, yeah. Whereas Lorelai kind of, she walked out with no safety net, didn't she? Like, yeah. that that's the desperation of that situation for her. You know, she brought her baby up in a potting shed rather than in her her parents' home because yeah. it was preferable, you know? Because Rory wouldn't have had that choice. If Lorelai hadn't left, Rory wouldn't be able to choose which parts of which worlds that she wanted to be a part of. No. it would have been mandated for her. So I know it's not one of our kind of tropes of dark academia, but something that we come across a lot is the the theme of ambition.
1: Mm. Absolutely.
0: And I think that is also something really integral to Gilmore Girls and to Lorelei and to Rory and to Emily and Richard as well. Yeah. In a way that is very reminiscent of a dark academia setting. It's it's not just in the academic settings of Chiltern and Yale. Yeah. It's also in their personal lives, you know. Mm. Like they they want to it it sounds really silly saying that like, they want to like be a part of Stars Hollow in the best way that they can, you know? Yeah. Lorelai wants to be the best mother that she can be. She wants to be the best friend to Suki that she can be. She wants to be the best manager of the inn and the best owner of the Dragonfly that she can possibly be. And Rory, until she abandons Yale, <laughs> wants to give that level of dedication and ambition to everything she does that she has witnessed her mum give in every area of her life too until it kind of falls apart around her a little bit
1: yeah
0: and although i i actually really don't like that season (laughs) where she's um i hate it it's i really dislike it it feels like the antithesis to gilmore girls doesn't it it feels like everything it feels like the opposite of everything that we've spent season six isn't it so five seasons you yeah. know witnessing which structurally and story-wise is really interesting and character-wise really interesting but as mm. a fan and as a watcher of Gilmore girls like i don't i don't Very enjoy it it's it's not right <laughs> it's wrong <laughs>
1: everything is broken and i don't like exactly. it exactly <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it also does explore like some of the things that we've discovered from a completely different angle, which is quite interesting. Um, so if you look at it that way (laughs) and it also shows Rory, like the other side of that ambition, like, because it's, I guess it still is ambition, but it's not in the same way, you know, to be part of, you know, the daughters of revolution and to be the model granddaughter and to, is, is in, in a different side of the two lives that she could have had.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's also a great reflective moment, isn't it? Because it's like literally everything has led up to that point. Mm-hmm. And she's going, Do I want it? Yeah. She's having a proper, Oh my gosh, do I want it
0: uh-huh. moment. In a real big way. Yeah. But in a way that only privilege allows.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's not like um as we might see from the protagonist in the cloisters, for instance, mm. like that would not have been an option.
0: No, you because just grin if, and bear it.
1: Yeah. Otherwise you just go home.
0: Yeah. And, and you go it. to wait that. you go back to waitressing or whatever. Yeah,
1: there's no second chances. There's no let me just wait a semester and see if I fancy doing it then.
0: Yeah, whereas Rory goes to her grandparents' ginormous pool house where they pay for everything and she gets to mill around and be a a lady who lunches. Yeah. You know, at at the potential cost of the relationship with her mum as well. Yeah. I mean, Emily's having a great time. (laughs) Oh, Emily's living the dream. This is everything Emily has ever wanted. (laughs) It's quite interesting as well how she completely just, like... Maybe just forces herself to kind of push Lorelai to the side. You know, she's like, "Well, Rory's doing it now, and that that's enough." Yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? It's it's very a very obvious um, kind of thing of like, it's it's not the person, it's the role. Yeah, that she wants. You know, she wants the the ideal daughter, the ideal granddaughter that she can show off about. Whereas honestly, mm. like. How is Lorelai not someone to brag about, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Like, the things that she's done on her own. Because up until, obviously, Rory's 16 and going to Chilton, she's not really had any interaction with her parents at all, so they haven't been there in that background, like, safety net of privilege. Yeah. Although I guess they are, because if she was in really dire trouble, she would have them as an option, but... And she just hasn't got to that point yet, I guess. But, yeah. but from the life that Lorelai has lived, that we have seen and heard about.
1: So do you want to talk about the weather?
0: Go on then. It's I your favourite after all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, the weather is very important in Gilmore Girls, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. I think the whole series is very autumn coded.
0: Yeah, I think even in just like popular culture, like autumn is the time to rewatch Gilmore Girls. It is
1: definitely and is. And
0: I did begin that in autumn. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not breaking the mold here.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you've got Richard's, which uh, now very famous TikTok quote where he says, "I am an, I'm an autumn.
0: autumn." Yes. <laughs> yeah, when he does the quiz, doesn't it in the yeah. in the magazine? Yeah. Yeah it's great and there's yeah. there's lots of focus on like uh when when we pan through stars hollow there's always leaves on the ground there are pumpkins there are like harvest coded um things there and if it's not harvesty it's winter yeah because laurel is obsessed with snow I smell snow smell it. yeah <laughs> yeah I do, I do really love that, and she takes her first snow walk, um, and that's something that's really consistent throughout the seasons where we are in Stars Hollow for winter. Yeah, is the snow and Lorelai's connection to it.
1: Yeah, I um, I try to have a quick back, quick look back through the starts of each season. Uh huh. Um, and I know season one, season three, and season four all start roughly at autumn, in autumn. Oh, do they? The other seasons, I think, are more like summer, but more like the end of summer. Okay. So it's like heading that way. It's, um, and then A Year in the Life ends in autumn, which right. I think feels very correct.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because obviously A Year in the Life is each each section is a different season isn't it yeah um, and that's that's literally the way that those episodes are structured
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it's, it's very weather and um, the the things that the seasons bring in that yeah. are very integral to the show as a whole but also the characters yeah yeah I totally agree. Very and, and Richard, you I am also an autumn. <laughs> <laughs> the whole two weeks of a proper autumn we get in the UK <laughs> before, before it, it just starts winter, raining yeah. for four months, yeah. <laughs> I think that's all our tropes. It is. Well, the ones that um, fit out with dark academia anyway. We're going to have a quick chat about the contrasts and differences to dark academia that... Um, within gilmore girls and then we're going to move into some criticisms of this series that also end up lining up with lots of the criticisms we usually have for dark academia yeah <laughs> so the first one for me is that gilmore girls is completely female focused mm. which is very different to a lot of the older more traditional dark academia um some of the more modern feminist dark academia obviously is very female focused. But if we're thinking secret history villains, you know, that is, it's very male centered, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and it's very, even, even when you have, sometimes when you have like maybe a female protagonist, um, it's still kind of butting against those very male dominated worlds. Yeah. Whereas I think even for like Rory and Lorelai, like, it's not that doesn't seem to be as much of a barrier.
0: No. It's, it it feels like a very matriarchal setup, doesn't it? Definitely. Because so, you know in in all of the relationships of all of our characters, like the women have the power. Yeah. You know, like except probably with Jess, Rory is very much the the kind of one in control. Yeah. When she's with Dean and even when she's with Logan to a degree. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. Lorelai has all of the power all of the time. <laughs> like, whether it's Max, Christopher or Luke, <laughs> you know, those men are eating out of her hand.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, I saw, uh, well, when I was like doing a bit of reading around, the, there was quite a few articles that cited Lorelai as the main character.
0: Okay, Which that's I thought interesting. It was quite
1: interesting because I always think of Rory as Rory is the main character.
0: But I guess everything does revolve around the choices that Lorelai has made.
1: I suppose. Yeah. I think I suppose it depends because I think some episodes are very Lorelai focused, mm-hmm. but then other episodes you won't even you don't you only see her for a bit of a whisper. Yeah. So they'll be more like Rory focused. So I think they're kind of dual mm. protagonists. I think as well, like
0: that might also be linked to, like, in- informed by your perspective or what you're looking for when you're watching. Yeah. You know, and and your age as well when you watch it. Because I think I must have been eighteen or nineteen when I first watched Gilmore Girls, mm. and even though for the early seasons Rory was still a lot younger than me, it was very much Rory's story. But yeah. now when I rewatch it and you know, in in previous years, like recently, when I've rewatched it, I find myself thinking so much more about Lorelei and the the yeah. way that Rory's actions and Rory's choices, what they do to Lorelai, mm. rather than the other way around.
1: Yeah, I think there's a there is. I know we're gonna touch upon some criticism in it in a bit, but generally, there is a lot of criticism. Of lorelei like there's a lot yeah. of hate towards lorelei There is. I think it's very easy to uh judge Lorelei and her interesting choices <laughs> without kind of considering the whole picture mm-hmm. um, and also it it's it i I think I sometimes wonder if it's just because she isn't filling this role of. Yeah, mother, and also like uh-huh. she's stepped. She's she's kind of like a rebel character. She's yeah. kind of stepped out of that role, but then she's still kind of acting in a very traditional matriarchal way mm-hmm. towards Rory sometimes. Um, and that's, I suppose, not what we're expecting. Yeah,
0: but there's never any question about whether Lorelai's a good mum Is there?
1: Oh no, never. Because
0: she absolutely is.
1: Yeah, I just think that. Perhaps expectations are put on her that, as a character, she just can't meet.
0: Oh, definitely, yeah. Whereas Rory is perfect Rory, who everybody loves. (laughs) Even when, actually, she does some really shitty things. She does. And she treats people really, really badly. Dean. Yeah. I I mean, mean, Dean isn't her.
1: (laughs) He's not innocent in this at all, but I mean...
0: But because Rory is our, our one of our main characters, our focus is on Rory, which is as it yeah. should be. But and she kind of gets away with it, you know. There's no, well, there's minimal criticism of Rory's actions, yeah, and the consequences of what Rory does, because I guess she's been brought up in this bubble of perfect, lovely, good girl Rory,
1: yeah.
0: So I wonder whether there's there's a, that, like, internal bias for her. She's like, well, if I think this is right, everyone's always told me I'm right. Yeah. It can't be wrong. Yeah. And that's not just Rory's responsibility, not Lorelai's responsibility of how she's brought her up. It's how she's treated by Richard and Emily. It's how she's treated by the entire town. Yeah. But outside of that, it's just a very wholesome show, isn't it? like (laughs) you can read all of these things into it but you also don't have to if you don't want to no our brains are just wired wrong apparently
1: well yeah i think also (laughs) you can accept the fact like some of the criticisms are of the time Mm -hmm. and i think that you can watch it and appreciate that like and go well if it was made now i I think that it would be very different. Yeah. Like, for instance, I'm going to mention it because I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a new, uh, I suppose, remake of Mean Girls coming out in January. And it's very clear from the trailer that it is kind of evolving yeah. from the original Mean Girls. Because that has a lot of issues when oh, you watch yeah. it yeah, as, yeah. A, as, a, as a viewer now. Uh-huh. But then you didn't necessarily... But perspectives and views have thankfully <laughs> evolved and changed. And so, with that, we get a new interpretation. And I feel like Gilmore Girls would be one of those ones that would also, we'd well, hope, mm. <laughs> embrace
0: modern uh, perspectives. Yeah. Because I think they are from around the same time, aren't they? Yeah. Roughly. It's early yeah. 2000s, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And the early 2000s were a bit rough. Yeah, that was
0: not a fun time to <laughs> to, to be a, a teenager, was it? No. <laughs> so, like, those criticisms that kind of come along for... that uh, come along in that, that we often apply to uh, dark academia as well, are fatphobia and homophobia, most often from Lorelei. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is minimal racial diversity and there is no sexuality or gender diversity whatsoever. (laughs) No. Unless I am missing something.
1: There's also not very much body diversity. No. There's there's Suki, who's like the token fat friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that's it. Yeah. And I think as well, there is, uh, I don't think that, pretty privilege is taken into consideration as much as it should be
0: no because rory and laurel i have that in spades yeah <laughs> yeah like there's no way that laurel i would get away with half of the stuff that she does if she was not pretty
1: <laughs> No, exactly and it's also this thing of like they can just mainline junk food and mm-hmm. still be very Healthy in themselves, that they don't put in on any weight, that they, you know, it, it's almost like a superiority thing, isn't it? Because yeah. it's like those people used to say, well, my metabolism runs fast. Yeah. You know,
0: it- <laughs> it's like, okay, fine, you won the biological lottery. Do you want a medal? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that, uh, and I think as, <sighs> As you it gets kind of further on from you know when it came out, the more I watch it, the more I notice it because I'm so much more aware of those things, I guess, yeah, and I guess we are looking for it now in a way,
1: yeah, I think as well, because it's become less of a it used to be just uh, the just norm. the accept the accepted norm, yeah, whereas now we kind of go that's not okay, and then mm-hmm. we can kind of see it, whereas before it was just. An accepted part of the narrative of society. Yeah, I guess, exactly. To perpetuate these ideals.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I even noticed it in The Year in the Life as well, which is obviously so many years later. Again, mm-hmm. from Lorelei. I can't remember the exact scene because I haven't got there in my rewatch yet. <laughs> but it's um, when they're laying around the pool. Lorelai makes a few comments. And I remember when I first watched it, me and my sister stayed up so very late and we watched all four in one go. And it was like that scene, I can't remember what was said, I can't remember the situation, I just remember them sitting around a pool and Lorelei said something and that was the first time I went, oh, maybe I want to go to bed now. Mm. You know, because it was like, it's moved on. You know, we've had so many years and... We're in a position now where Laurel, I should have known better.
1: Yeah.
0: But I also want to talk about Lane. We have to talk about Lane. Because they (laughs) did Lane so dirty. Yeah. Like, thinking about Lane makes me angry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's... It's just such a classic case of a woman being punished for rebelling and going against her parents by being landed with kids, a lacklustre relationship and a life of struggling and wanting and reaching. Yeah. Which is such a weird take considering Lorelei's trajectory.
1: Yeah.
0: And I just don't understand why Lane got that deal. Why Why wasn't she a rock star? Like,
1: Yeah. Or at least something like she found she somehow found a way to satisfy what she was craving Mm -hmm. without becoming trapped in mediocrity, which is the worst thing that could happen to Lane. Like, again, Uh I think as well, there is there is some uh, shaming and very judgmental attitudes towards women who. Strive towards being housewives as mm-hmm. well. Like yeah, on definitely. The other, on the flip side, it's like, um, that is not a choice that you should want to take. I mean, absolutely it is if that's what you want to do.
0: Mm-hmm. But it should be a but choice.
1: Exactly, it should be a choice. And for Lane, the choice was taken away from her. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, Lane is a young woman that literally has no choice throughout the whole mm-hmm. series. Like...
0: None. Like literally. <laughs> the only none. choice the mm-hmm. only
1: choice she has is to go from one bad situation to another.
0: Yeah. And she just deserved so much more. Yeah. And I, yeah, it just felt like such a weird move. I didn't understand why that is the choice made for her, because it wasn't right and it felt like a trap. Mm. And I think the same... I know, like, there's that element of, like, it being cyclical and mother-like daughter, but the Rory's pregnancy announcement at the end of a year in a life, I don't think I've ever been more angry in my <laughs> life. <laughs> because it's it's my least favourite trope ever. Yeah. Surprise pregnancy is mm-hmm. my least favourite trope ever. I hate it. And it was just thrown in there, and I get that it's... It's that cyclical thing. It's that, you know, what Lorelei project protected her from, but it was inevitable because they're the same. And I hate it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I just hate it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think, it again, it's another case of uh, a woman being punished
0: mm-hmm. for
1: wanting something that was outside of the norm.
0: Yeah. And what's even worse is... A- Woman wrote this series, (laughs) like it is spearheaded by a woman. Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Like, I haven't rewatched a Year in the Life since it the day it came out because that's how annoyed that ending made me, and I didn't want that (laughs) that to be where I leave Rory's story every time. No, I know. So I don't rewatch it.
1: I think A Year in the Life had some really great moments mm-hmm. and it was really fun to be back. Yeah. But it wasn't necessary. Like, I know people wanted it, but also if we never got it, it would be fine. Like, the series as a whole finishes in a very good place, as in, like, mm-hmm. as, a, as a conclusion. Yeah. And now we just have
0: more questions than answers. <laughs> yeah. I think the only kind of full wrap-up there that it gives us is with Jess – yeah. I, I really like what it does with Jess's story. But yeah. again, why does Jess get everything he ever dreamed of when he was a shit?
1: He was a shit the entire Whereas-
0: <laughs> Lane is just perfect and she gets shit. <laughs> yeah. Like why is that fair? Why is that the case just because she's a woman and he's a man? That's I know. that's not fair. And I also
1: just feel like Lane gets abandoned by Rory to some extent as well. Oh,
0: yeah, from the beginning, as soon as she goes out with Dean.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, bye, Lane.
1: Bye. And it's like you you never see... She doesn't... I mean, obviously, when you're watching it, it's different than if you were reading it, but you you never see Lane come into her consideration apart from when she goes back home. Like, there's never, like oh, let me just ring up Lane, or, uh-huh. oh, I heard from Lane, or I am I really miss Lane. Like, there's none of that. It's like she's just almost like a
0: friend who's uh, convenient. She's a safe place that will always be there when Rory goes home. Yeah. She's not someone that Rory has to ru- uh, worry about changing or moving past her. Because the story in the world of Gilmore Girls has trapped Lane.
1: Yeah.
0: Almost for Rory in some ways, I think. As a contrast to Rory, who goes out into the world and, you know, goes to Yale and then becomes a reporter, travels all over the world, but she still comes home to see her mum. Yeah. And and see her old friends and, and with their babies, you know?
1: It's also just, again, like, the contrast of Lane, how quickly she kind of matures compared to Rory, like, because she has to like, yeah, she very quickly kind of becomes, uh, well aware of what, what this world is going to treat her like. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, it's like when we, you know, she's working pretty much full time at the diner, isn't she? Yeah, And like, there's just something about her spirit that, just so off Mm -hmm. as soon as kind of that happens
0: yeah and i think (laughs) what really pisses me off is at that point zach isn't really doing anything (laughs) and i know that's part of the point because i guess it's that it's that thing isn't it like I think it's a class commentary again. Yeah. And I am probably guilty of buying into that because of the way I just reacted to Zach, you know? Mm. Like, Luke would typically be classed as someone of a lower class, but literally, he owns his own flats, he owns his own property, he runs a business, he is perfectly self-sufficient, he is clever, he is, you know, motivated, he's ambitious within his own, like, wants, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Jess, even though he's a shit and he comes from a horrible background, he's still very ambitious and striving for something bigger and more. Logan is a Huntsberger, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's all you need to know about Logan. Um, You know, Dean... Dean gives me middle-class vibes. (laughs)
1: yeah dean's just a small town boy with small town dreams you know
0: yeah but that's all he wants and that's fine yeah you know um whereas lane doesn't seem to get a choice for what type of life she wants the first boy that she ever has a relationship with properly because can you even really call her relationship with Henry a relationship? I don't know.
1: No. <laughs> I don't
0: know. She is then trapped in that relationship that if if Rory had been in that relationship, it would have been a rebellion relationship. Yeah. And I feel like I've lost my point here and lost my thread. <laughs> but... I just have strong feelings about like. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I know. And sometimes I think that there was no, never going to be a way out for her. And I just <clears throat> almost feel like she would have had more freedom. I'm not saying she would have been any happier, but I said she would have had more freedom if she'd have married one of the boys that would have been acceptable you know, to her mother. Oh, like, a,
0: ni- a nice Korean doctor.
1: A nice Korean doctor. I don't, like I so said, I don't think she wouldn't necessarily been any happier, but I
0: think she would have had more freedom. She would have done. She would have had more agency. I think she would have had. She, life would have been more accessible to her. Yeah. I think it probably would have been one of those situations where, you know, she is technically married to this person and they share a home, but they live their different lives. Yeah. I okay, that's it's not that's what ideal she's situation, no. but <laughs> But that's what she's been used to doing with her mum, isn't it? Like mm. she she is the, the good Korean daughter at home. Mm. But then once she leaves the house she's Lane.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I just don't think there was a there was a ever gonna be a way out for Lane.
0: Why
1: and it makes me sad.
0: Oh Gutting. So I have one final thing I would like to to talk about, and I would like to ask you a question. Okay. Do you think there can be such a thing as a dark academia relationship? Because I feel like there might be, especially in Rory's relationships.
1: I think so, yes. As in, like, a relationship, or do you think the love interest, like a dark academia love interest, or are we kind of talking about the same thing?
0: I think we're talking about the same thing. Mm. <laughs> so we obviously, the, you know, the Great Gilmore Girls debate is Dean, <laughs> Jess, or Logan. You know, and I think each, um, each boy, kind of represents a different element of um, Dark Academia in some way, and the and the characters that we encounter in Dark Academia. Hmm. so dean is you know he's the safe option he's the he's the protagonist that's living an ordinary life kind of stumbles across something weird and walks the hell away yeah you know he doesn't strive for more he doesn't um he doesn't look for anything else and while he's like generally happy in that he still feels very trapped and stifled so the way that he rebels is a very mundane rebellion you know he sleeps with rory when yeah. he's married is a very mundane unexciting
1: yeah it's very safe because he knows her it's not like a yeah it's not like he went out and had a fling with some a complete stranger
0: yeah exactly yeah and then you've got then you've got jess who is artistic, troubled, dark, comes from a lower socioeconomic background, he has an unstable family life, he's extremely, extremely clever, but he rebels against that traditional education, even though that education is what would give him everything that he wants. Yeah. And Rory, by being with Jess, is rebelling, while Jess is reaching for what Rory has... Even though he's kind of he gets in his own way <laughs> and refuses to kind of embrace that opportunity because he feels like he doesn't deserve that world. He he can't belong to that world because there's something wrong with him, you know. That world isn't right because it's rejected him before. Yeah. And then you've got Logan, who's the classic dark academia guy. He's in a secret society. He's rich af. He's troubled. He's rebellious, but he's rebellious against his privilege. And he feels as trapped and restricted by his upbringing as Lorelai did, but he doesn't have the bravery or that kind of triggering event to escape it.
1: Like well, he likes the money too much, doesn't he? Like exactly,
0: basically. and the the privilege that that brings him, like yeah, exactly. No, we were talking about the the life and death brigade when he's talking to Rory about it and telling Rory that he can't she can't use any names she can't kind of describe anyone very clearly because this secret society is kind of shielding people from crimes that they would be in trouble for you know yeah and this this world is is the world that as we've said before Rory kind of wants to be a part of and she could have been a part of but it's also something that rory is rebelling against because of the way that she has been brought up by lorelei mm. did did that make any sense that was a lot of no, words
1: it, it does <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was i was, I can't remember what episode i was watching and i just had an epiphany and had to get all the words out
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think it's almost like like you said in it it it's almost like the evolution of the dark academia um, relationship. Mm-hmm. Because Dean is the one that if they have had a relationship previous to, like, attending these exclusive institutions. Yeah. That it ultimately falls apart or has already mm-hmm. fallen apart before they even get there. I think even in um, The Secret History, doesn't he have a girlfriend back home? Uh, kind
0: of like,
1: does he? Well, or Richard, he? I think he did, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um but it's just that classic like going different to university world. and it's suddenly a different world and yeah, yeah it doesn't fit anymore. Um Jess ugh, Jess I mean I will say <laughs> I am of the opinion <laughs> that the only two options that you are allowed to choose is jess and logan and if you choose dean it's a red flag
0: (laughs) i am of the same opinion
1: (laughs) i don't agree with you if you choose jess sophie
0: and i don't agree with you for choosing logan sarah (laughs) (laughs)
1: look (laughs) we don't need to get into this argument now
0: (laughs) we've had it before
1: (laughs) yeah I think both Jess, what both Jess and Logan do is challenge Rory. And I yes. think that's what she needs and what she craves. Whereas yep. Dean, bless him. He's
0: a safe couldn't option. Couldn't even,
1: yeah, he he doesn't.
0: He can't keep up with her.
1: No, exactly. Um, and he's great for someone, but not Rory. Yeah. Um, whereas Jess definitely challenges her and like, I think obviously he's pivotal in the sense that he mm-hmm. gives her her first kind of like I want to say flirtation with danger that's not
0: but also yes.
1: Yeah. Because it's kind of what she does again with Logan. Yeah. Um but I have watched and rewatched that first episode where uh she first properly meets Logan because the banter that they have in that yeah. corridor, in the space it's of great. about two minutes, is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and then where <laughs> he walks off, it just says "Master and Commander," and she's like, "What?" Like the movie. And he's like, "No, that's what I want you to call me."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's fantastic.
1: <laughs> I mean, and realistically, if we had to choose anyone, it would be herself. Like, yeah, none doesn't... of them are
0: good enough for her. Like,
1: however. I also appreciate that part of Rory's character is to be a bit of a hopeless romantic. <laughs> yeah. You know, she yeah. loves love. She loves mm-hmm. the idea of a romance.
0: And it's who the curse of a reader. That isn't
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think both of them, they open up a new world for mm-hmm. her when she needs yeah. it. They open up a new element of herself and allow her to question her life and question her choices in a way that she hasn't really before. And they're both pivotal in yeah. that. And they're also both detrimental in that in <laughs> yeah. as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> big, big Dean versus Jess versus Logan thoughts, always. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually really curious because I haven't rewatched Gilmore Girls, like, the later seasons, in a really long time. Oh. So, Are we going to convert you? I don't know. And by we, I
1: apparently mean being <laughs> me <and> Logan, apparently.
0: <laughs> That's why I'm quite curious about, because when I think, like, objectively about Jess, I'm, like, such an idiot. But I also yeah. kind of dislike Logan anyway, just, like, simmering dislike constantly. <laughs> but I'm quite curious to see, like, how re-watching it, being, you know... Probably four years older. Um, since the last time I watched those later seasons, I rewatched the like the first three seasons a lot, Mm. but I don't always go all the way. (laughs) And it's probably been four years or so. Mm. So I'm really interested to see if you know my opinion has changed on those. I'll report back.
1: but then I suppose as well, maybe it does does play into it a little bit because i was a little bit older when i first watched it it's your fault that i started watching it you're welcome um and i don't know maybe it is just because i was already older like i wasn't like when did you say you were 18 when you yeah yeah. 18 19 whereas i was well into my 20s before Mm -hmm. i started watching it so maybe age does play into it and i just kind of was like jess you're an idiot
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Whereas I guess I I have that attachment to him already, yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I think I'm I'm just I'm not very far in. I'm only uh, end of season one, so the no way to go. Oh yeah, but we shall see. <laughs> Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about?
1: Oh, I could talk about it for hours. But
0: <laughs> we we will. Shouldn't. We do. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think I'm done. I think we're good. So, thank you very much for listening today. We really hope you enjoyed our deep dive into Gilmore Girls and Dark Academia and arguments about Jess and Dean and Logan. Boys, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we would, as always, we want your thoughts, opinions, feelings, especially about the latter topic. Um. <laughs> um yeah even if you disagree with us we want to know why thank you so much for listening we really appreciate your support bye bye